show and with me as always looking slimmer than ever jeffrey keeble what's going on what's going on brother how you doing how you feeling uh, looking a little malnourished i am i a little bit uh-huh. this, this diet is not helping me at all i mean it's helping me but it's not helping me i love food <laughs> you know big guys stuff man just they're just taking it away from me like <laughs> they took our land no <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of malnourished, I see sitting behind you is uh, Lyle Keeble. What's going on, beautiful? I feel amazing. Amazing. I'm eating healthy. I gained <laughs> so much weight the past few weeks. You only, were there to witness it. Only him. Only he's happy to gain that weight. Yeah. <laughs> For all you and I are like over here, like starving ourselves. You're eating a fucking plain bagel. No. Yeah. Yeah. Are you? <laughs> Just toasted a bagel and called it a day. Called yeah. it lunch. Yeah. yeah. That's he's my like, meal for the day. He's like, oh my God, that's 400 calories. I can't eat anymore. Yeah. No kidding. They're like, well, that's my carb intake for the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but celery and apples from here on out. Even then, apples, people are like, Oh, and there's just so much sugar in it. It's like, well, fuck, what can I and what can we eat? Yeah, they really right? say that. Yeah, strawberries too. They're like, it's, but it's like, it's all natural sugar, though. That's the yeah. thing. That's the difference. Really? It's, it's yeah. natural sugar. That's a thing. I didn't know that. Yeah, bananas, like anything. It's like, well, then we can't eat anything. Nothing's healthy. You know, this is going to sound yeah. weird, but I like trust Tito's like judgment on like what's good and what's not good for food. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> good tasting, yeah. good tasting. Could, like what's if I good. Actually, like- afford to buy the right things. I would, but at this point, I can't. Ooh, there's a 99 cent sale for uh, uh, lady apples. Of course, I'm buying those. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, there's some great value bananas at 99 cents a pound compared to the other ones at 169 a pound. I'm getting those. Yeah. <laughs> at least whatever I can get. You know what I mean? Oh, hot dogs are five dollars, whereas like you know, a pound of meat is what seven eight dollars it's like daddy's going with the hot dogs you know what I mean? <laughs> 99 cent ramen dog yeah i mean i know one pack is your salt for the week but hey man i mean my my bank account says thank you yeah like, that's what i'm saying like, <laughs> like you can't afford like you know what is good though like you know what you're eating is like shit but like when i ask you like oh is this food good is this good for you you always got like the right answer so i was like i trust Tito. he knows what he's talking about you just can't I'm, go and get it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, mean, no, we, uh, well, that's the thing too, is like in college, uh, we learned kind of about nutrition and, and how like things help with your body and whatnot. And, and I of all people should not be giving out nutritional advice seeing as how I do not treat my body like a temple, but more <laughs> like a fucking, you know, garbage disposal. But, uh, you know, I, I think giving in the given, if I were put in the right playground, right atmosphere, you know, where I've, I've got a supportive group where, you know, I'm, I've, I'm in a position to, to be able to buy these kinds of things. You know, let's say hypothetically I had a roommate or, you know, hypothetically I had a job that allowed me to go, you know, work out at, at a time that is very accommodating for myself. You know, if, if all those scenarios like, like that picture perfect storm were to happen, I feel like 
you know, changes can be made. You know, you know what I mean, Jeffrey? Mm-hmm. No, because you are. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? No, because no. you just said it. You're like, everything has to be perfect before I can do this. And it's never going to be perfect. Hence, then you're, you not, then, then you're never going to. Hence, you're never going to start anything. Well, why, why, why do you say that? You just said it. You're like, everything has to line up for me to do this in my life. But if it doesn't line up, I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing. Well, well, well uh, what's your what's your solution then? Just fucking do it. Come on, like like lay out a good solution for me where you can have a social life, where it can be mentally healthy. You can you can you know do all the things that you want to do. Like I said, and and carry that happiness instead of being absolutely fucking miserable and still financially afford to again pay for your food, pay for the gym, and do it all. Like and in my situation. Where I'm all alone by myself. Quit your job and join Impulse full time. That's what I'm saying about the perfect situation <laughs> of me moving and getting a, a roommate, mm-hmm. having that financial capability of doing that, having a job that allows me to go. But you could do it right now, though. Though when you, when I can you, go do it, you could do it right now, though. Really? Tell, yeah. tell me how, Jeffrey. When I've presented you all the things. No, that I no, pay for, no, no. They're, they're, myself, those are all excuses. The of financial money that's it's coming $25 to go to a gym. Tell me how to $25 do it. $25 a month to go to the gym. Lyle and, I, Lyle and I have offered you to pay for that gym membership. But the food, moving, the food, the food wise? What, why, why, would, why would that pay off if I'm going to be moving? There's plenty of Planet Fitnesses all over the okay, fucking Okay, well, then let's say you want to leave Planet Fitness. How do you cancel a membership? You don't. You keep it. I'm just saying, let's say I want to go to Experience Fitness. You don't want to. No, no, we're not going. We're getting you well, a just, Planet Fitness. Just fit- hypothetically. No, hypothetically, we're let's not say going I anywhere to leave else. Planet Fitness. Why? <laughs> why would you want to leave? And go to a different gym. Yeah, why? Uh, let's say Experience <laughs> Fitness has like. You know, a uh, uh, swimming pool has tanning has has all the, the the utilities that I need that maybe Planet Fitness just doesn't. He let's goes, say he goes. Tanning. Let's say my workout partner <laughs> is is at Experience Fitness. You know, hypothetically, somebody that I went to high school with and graduated with, and and you know, his thighs are about this big. Hypothetically, of course. Is that JQ? No, it's uh, Kyle Weber. <laughs> no, he was here this past weekend, and uh, like you know, you know when I like grab your thigh and like your your yeah. leg goes insane. Yeah, I tried to do that to him, and I hurt my thumb. His like leg was so massive, and I forgot that he goes to the gym and he goes to experience. Oh, um, then then before we even start that, then we have this conversation, and then we buy you an experience. Membership. Even even better than exactly. you know I mean? See, me and Lyle always are there with Kyle. Are, yes. Lyle, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then we and then we crush us. Yes. I mean, exactly. I'm down for it. But you can start right now. You don't have to wait. There's no experience fitness here, Jeffrey. What are you talking? I'm trying to give you the logical <sighs> like uh, what's going on. And you're well, just okay, like, okay. No, let's, let's sign up for experience fitness. It's not even here. And then we sign you up. Then we just sign you up for fucking Fucking planet there, yeah. And then yes. we just cancel it. Simple. Oh, why, why? Why not just wait the, the month and a half? Two months. You might not have two months. The way you've been the way you've been fucking living your life lately. What are you talking about? I live my life <laughs> a quarter mile you know, at like, a time. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> I live my life like this is the last party. Yeah, exactly. Might be your last party. Dude. All I'm saying is, if, if it was my last party this weekend, I'm all right with that. 
<laughs> that was a good week. Because I'm all right with that. Oh, uh, shit. Uh, should we just uh, introduce our guest right away or should we? Well, depend, like, well, do, do people want to know how we're doing? I mean, or do you we mean just, how you guys are doing? I'm going to brag real quick. I told Jeffrey that a little bit, but last yesterday when we played the game, I was killing it. Oh, yeah. Killing it. Yeah. Humble bro. I guess, I guess now that we're we're going to talk about ourselves a little bit. So we played COD yesterday, some S&D. And <clears throat> finding the one. Remember that? Yeah, like, I was finding the one. Yeah. And Lyle, Lyle was crushing it. I just wanted those. I never have a humble brag about video yeah. games ever. <laughs> <laughs> Proud of that one. I, I mean, that last game, I mean, 19 kills or 21 kills or whatever he had in S&D. And whoever knows anything about Search and Destroy and Call of Duty, you only have... In theory, if the games go all the way through 12, 12 matches and you're playing six on six. So to get 20 kills is kind of crazy. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, depends on how many I mean, rounds you do. Yeah. I was on the bottom of the board with seven and I thought I was crushing it. Well, I guess you, you really got to think though, if it's, if it's five, five, it ends at six, five. So it's 11 matches. Yeah, I mean your, oh, yeah, your yeah, max 11, kills. Yeah. yeah, your max kills that you can get is sixty six, and if you're out there rocking a twenty piece, like that's yeah. insane. Yeah, I just had to. I wanted to get that out of the yeah, way. Yeah, that's like his. Had enjoy- to say that's it. his enjoyment for the last month. Yeah, and that's a half. the highlight of my month. <laughs> that's how my winter's going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, man, we've been all over the place. I remember mean, snowcross and and traveling, and you know. Uh, you know, then the low part of like family situations and everything. Like we haven't been home at all lately. Like we just been gone. Yeah, yeah, just been extremely busy. I mean, I think the last time we talked was just before the uh before I went to Idaho and you guys went to Deadwood. Yeah. And then after that it was just it's just been insane. Yeah. Well then I was getting so pissed off because everyone's just like, How come you guys are aren't in Idaho with Tito? I'm like, bro, we're in fucking South Dakota. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> or it was like the opposite or like how come tito's in idaho and not with you guys i'm like he's working <laughs> like, yeah. we, like me and lyle work for snowcross i was like we have one more employee tito and i was like we sent tito with with keegan and the guys to film so i was like it's i was like we're all over the place right now <laughs> so which is kind of cool i meant to think of as a like a small company that we are i meant just to be all over the united states like that I mean, yeah, I think these just even get a taste of, you know, like what could be, you know, if, if you guys are doing snow cross or let's say, um, let's say us three are doing snow cross next year and it, it's a full-time gig. Well then let's say hypothetically again, like, like that uh, predator hunt comes up again and it's like, okay, well I can go do it or, you know, Lyle can go do it or you can go do it. And then the other two are able to cover snow cross. Like, is it going to be as deeply as extensive um as we usually get like no but i think two people is is very it's enough i guess to cover for snowcross for for impulse yeah I think. yeah yeah and uh no it, it was cool though you know we had what canberry in in the beginning of january which <laughs> yeah, was canterbury oh man which was a riot um, that was a good time um i hate to you know i don't get embarrassed much but <laughs> I, I'm, I'm embarrassed. He <laughs> <laughs> goes, but I had to ignore you guys walking into the or walking to the to the media center downstairs. 
<laughs> after the races. <laughs> but you know, I, I mean, overall, I mean, that that was fun having you guys there to support and hype us up and everything. I mean, it's just crazy. So you're over there, like Tito's asking me, he's like, should I cause a scene? I was like, if you're gonna cause a scene, I'm gonna like walk away and maybe turn your hat around. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or in an impulse hat. Yeah. <laughs> if you're gonna do it, I'm not gonna stand by you when you do it. But I, I support you doing it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, but no man snowcross is wild though this year yeah that's basically what's kept us busy this whole winter is just snowcross yeah and i don't know how much like tito follows but goddamn um i i i should be watching more than than what i am um i mean you know i i'll have to go back and, and again like i said watch i i canterbury i was there i was invested in every race uh you know especially with uh riley and yeah, man, I mean, it just, I was pulling for that dude so hard and that guy cost me $20. I, I gotta, I gotta realize I gotta stop fucking betting on racers, man. And nothing but heartbreak. Nothing but heartbreak. I'm wearing a sweatshirt right now. Mm-hmm. And we should cold call so, him. Riley. Yeah. Yeah. We'll cold call him after. Our and just be like, be like, Hey motherfucker, you owe me $20. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? I'm like, you're fucking nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll, we'll do that. We'll do that. Oh yeah. And uh, then we were in uh, mystic Lake. That was wild too. Walking in. Yeah. That lady was so drunk laying in the oh. snowbank. <laughs> and she goes, help me. And I go, nah. <laughs> uh, and you were the asshole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I was the asshole. Yeah. She called me an asshole. And then that dance floor was getting wild at mystic. Dude, you guys were getting wild. Fucking Cole was getting wild. Our Dude, fucking, Cole was our fucking, letting loose. Our castle X rep was getting wild. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. It was a good time. It was fun. Hey, and speaking of castle X, no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I just I just realized that too. I gotta gotta pull that bad boy out at some point. But um, dude, uh, yeah, Idaho, oh, yeah. Idaho was nuts. Um, fuck, man. I, I guess like I've said to some people, there was about six times on that trip that I thought this could be it. This might be it. I, I might be going down for the long nap. And th- three times it was. Uh, we were going up the side of the, one of the mountains and, uh, and the trail we were on, like the snow kept getting deeper and deeper and Keegan's driving the truck and it, and, and he's, the traction's not quite there. So this back end's kicking out. The, the trail's already narrow as it is. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, I'm going to be so upset if I die in a fucking rental on the <laughs> side of this mountain. And he makes it to the top, but like there were about three times I'm sitting in the middle in the back. Like there's nothing I can do. <laughs> I can't bail out any side. Like I'd be, like halfway down the mountain by the time I get out the door, thrown out the door. And then twice when it, when it started snowing, I was coming off the mountain on an ATV had to wipe my eyes. And I'm like, well, there's a turn here almost fell off the side. <laughs> and then the last one was, was the, the host hanging us down the trail. We're trying to get to these wolves and it bottlenecks in and he stops. He's looking at the, he gets out. He's looking at the trail. I look to my right. There's about a foot, foot and a half of snow. And then it's darkness. It's just black. And I, I looked at the next day and it was such a far drop. <laughs> like, like, I'm glad it was put it this way. I'm glad it was dark. Otherwise I would have freaked out. <laughs> and so we somehow got it turned around. We start going up the thing and, and the, the host, he looks at me and he goes, that was fucking intense, huh? And I'm like, of all people for him to say that was intense, you know, it was about a fucking 10 for him. Yeah. <laughs> 10 for me, for him, he was like, okay, that's, that's my level of intense. Yeah. 
but good time. They uh, hunted with thermals. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to, to edit this video. I got to get a little bit more thermal footage from one of the other guys. And then I think I should be able to, to get that bad boy out. Yeah, that, that, I'm excited to see it too. Yeah. And me too. I'm just curious to see what, like, well, not only what we could pull from this type of stuff. Yeah. But not only that, but then like people get to see how you edit and how you tell a story. Yeah. And, and that's the thing too, is like, I've watched, I've watched my fair share of hunting videos. My dad watches a lot of them. So it's, I don't want to run that same, um, like outline, I guess. Yeah. Because I know like what makes us unique and different is, is, is our ability to be unique and different. So, I mean, you still want it to carry some sort of like, you know, hunting video to it, but at the same time, like there were so many good times and then that, that there was just funny, funny shit that was like said. So yeah, I don't um, know. I'm excited. And then I keep getting bugged about rush as well. So, oh yeah, I mean, we're working on it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Episode five. yeah. I, 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 I got, I think I'd got maybe a few hours into it. And then again, I had to do the, the hunt video. So I got to get that out and together. And then, um, back to, back to episode five. Yeah. 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 No, that's crazy that you even say that. Cause Marco from general tire even mentioned us in his story. He's like, can't wait. He's like, when's the, when's uh ETA for the first episode? And I'm I, like, Oh, I know. I it's saw just, Mickey's it, dad mentioned something too on Instagram. Uh, like he wants to see rush also. I was like, Oh shit. Here we go. Yeah. Well, and then I, I think, think everyone's just getting all hyped up from, you know, King of hammers going on. And the first, uh, is it the great America short course? Yeah. You know, like that was an amazing race as far as the pro two class goals. And, you know, like everyone's just getting all hyped up, which is awesome. And they're thinking about our little docu-series. So. Yeah. Yeah. And again, guys, man, we're, we're, we're sorry, but we're not sorry about when it's released just because again, like it's all free. It's us just doing it on our own free goodwill. And, and we just have other projects that are paying that have to take precedence over it. Yeah. Like you just um, heard Tito was in Idaho. <laughs> we yeah, were in yeah, South Dakota. Yeah. Like we, we are busy. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and like you said, you know, family stuff too, that, that takes us away and that puts us out of commission. I mean, for what? I mean, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Yeah, it's three days that we were just completely out of commission that there was nothing <laughs> that, that could be done that we were doing. So, yeah. um, and, and again, you know, I, I got other, uh, yeah, I got a full-time job and then, you know, friends coming here, I'm blessed for that, for that, uh, hockey game, um, so again, I think it's going to be different that if, 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 if I'm full-time, I can maybe take stuff off your guys' plates as well. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we are just, I mean, it's a good problem to have that we're just running around doing stuff like this. Like yeah. Today we just had like elder interviews and then we're doing like stuff for our community filming wise. It's just, yeah. Just staying super busy. So it's not, it's not too bad. Yeah. But it is, we are working on rush. Yeah. Yeah. It's only three of us. And we're the closest that we are together is like 110 miles. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think Lyle's like roughly, yeah, like 100, 110 from my house. And I think you're what, 250, 300? Like two, yeah, 270 or something yeah, like that. Yeah. So we'll say 300, which we'll is round up for shits and giggles. But yeah, 300 miles from my house. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. no, no easy, no easy task doing what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so looking to fix that though. Looking to fix that, yeah. and uh, yeah, I'm excited. Goes. I'm super nervous. I'm just as a business owner, wise goes and having to 
have the responsibility of um, paying, we'll say you for, yeah, paying you full time and getting these jobs and everything. And I was, uh, it was funny. I had my buddy sleep over last night and uh, we were talking and I told him, I was like, I just need to get on a fucking routine, like a morning routine. Is that truly? No, it's a <laughs> strawberry lemonade. Is that a truly? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It, it is 143, dude. <laughs> <laughs> is that, just like stop me in the middle like i'm over here trying to be like oh i need to be productive and everything you're over here fucking drinking (laughs) i had to get up from the bed and peek over (laughs) talking about treating his body like a temple in the afternoon like uh (laughs) uh-huh yeah oh shit uh, if, I, but, if I could be healthier, I would be. He's like, yeah, dude. He was like, I, I don't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't buy these. I swear. <laughs> if I had money to buy healthy shit, I would. <laughs> <laughs> if it made me this happy, maybe I would do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. No. But yeah, no. So like. Healthy wise, I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to be more productive and get in a good routine in the mornings. And, and, um, my biggest downfall is my phone and I'm trying to stay off that as much as possible. And it's not working. Well, is it like TikTok for you or like Instagram or what? I, it's everything. Like, like the thing is, and, and I laughed because I kind of like shamed myself <laughs> and I was like, I act like I'm fucking important. Like someone's going to be always calling me or. And even if they do call me or text me, I don't fucking text back anyway. So it's like, why am I always looking at my phone? <laughs> you know, and, and the biggest thing is like, you know, obviously the social media apps and everything. And but I think I just basically is just trying to lower my screen time and put myself like how I do with my kid and, you know, just limit limit my screen time almost. So, well, and, and I think it's a little bit more difficult too, is just because I, I think I might've mentioned this before in another podcast, but even just jumping onto the team and, and kind of being more integrated in to impulse media, I've realized that I'm on my phone more often too, just because of, you know, more interactions or, you know, potential networking or job opportunities, you know, or gig opportunities, I guess, not job opportunities uh, for us and, and just communicating more along the lines of that. And that's mm-hmm. something that I realized being a part of the, being a part of this team is that at the end of the day, it is a media team, you know what I mean? And, and the, the phone is the main way of communication, whether it's, you know, email, text, call, social media, even. Yeah. And that's something that I've realized. And I, and I get how, you know, you two can maybe become jaded to it where you're constantly getting notifications and you just get fucking sick of it. Cause there are times that even for me, where it's just the phone's going off and I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm like, I don't, I don't even want to look at my phone. You know what I mean? It just becomes annoying. Mm-hmm. And, and there've been times where I got a little jaded where I'm just like, I'm, I don't even want to look at the thing for 10, 15 minutes. Yep. And you know, you, you've been in the game for what, 13 years. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I, that's, that's the only taste that I've gotten that maybe yeah. I can understand why, why you're reaching back out is just like something that you're just like, I'm fucking over with. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, it's just like more being more in the present and um, obviously my mental health 
isn't quite where I want it to be. It's getting there again, but like again, it's been a long struggle for the last couple of years. So, um, but no, we're slowly getting there. Like I said, lifting definitely helps. Um, eating healthy definitely helps. Um, definitely not prior prioritizing uh, going out and drinking every weekend, mm-hmm. ever. But you know, like, yeah, Lyle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I gotta change that. <laughs> but no, uh, I remember we were. Uh, no, I remember Shakopee. I don't know if we talked about it but it was funny because we put on like our social media stuff like our story and everything and i forget like we had some like motivational shit going on and everything towards the end of i think saturday night like how grateful we were and blah 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 and all three of us have a link to the account and then all of a sudden the last post of the day was i think cole and you guys at the casino fucking dancing on some old lady and <laughs> impulse is out here doing it big <laughs> i was like we work hard we play even harder yeah <laughs> and i'm like jesus christ and and i was like i was like should we take it down and i was like no and i was like that's us i was like i was like we got to be transparent to you know we got to be transparent and let everyone know that we also like to have fun yeah and I mean, yeah. obviously everyone knows that about us. Like we say it time and time again. It's like, yeah, we're laughing a lot. We're joking around. But at the end of the day, we go hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and and I think too, like, I would guess that everyone could kind of, you know, think that, that whoever posted that more than likely was me. Yeah. You know I mean? it's, it's like, like, oh, that's got to be Tito posting that. That's definitely not Lyle, you know, out here on a fucking Saturday at 10 p.m you know, watching these old ladies grind on each other on the dance floor. <laughs> but Hey man, I mean, not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, should we get our guest on? Yeah, I, I suppose we can, huh? Yeah. You want, uh, you got your, the, the read up. I do not yet. So you might have to edit this out or not. I mean, yeah. Or do you want to wing the, you want to do your own castle X read up? Oh, I, I don't think I can do that. No? I don't know if they would approve it. All right, I got it. Castle X or your CJ or your... <laughs> it's the Castle X oh, one. Oh, okay. The, the approved one. I don't think I could I don't think I could just wing something Castle X right now know, and right? just be like thumbed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, do, do Castle X. So, we'll bring on right. that, I guess. For facing the elements, Castle X has you covered. From head to toe and for everyday wear, visit a castle dealer near you or visit castlesales.com. Castle X, your performance gear company. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, further ado, we're going to get on with our maybe first and only guest. for today. Yep. He said three minutes, like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he knows us, though. Yeah, he expects it. And our next guest, eight-time Pro Four Points champion and two-time Four Pump Chump, we've got CJ Greaves. <laughs> hey, add it to my resume. <laughs> you're, you're, you're already a long list of accomplishments. It'll get me somewhere someday. <laughs> hey man, that's Maybe the, not that's very good. Here. It might not get me something good, but it'll get me something. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, man, that's what I'm hearing, though. Women women like it when, it when it's shorter. It's more of a compliment. I guess they don't like those long nights. So, I mean, I'm good. I, so. I mean, I saw Capper's hat that said, 
three inches at a hundred mile an hour gets the job done. <laughs> <laughs> How's young blood doing? I, he's he's alive. He moved to Green Bay and everything. What? He started the adulting life. No. Yep. Him when, and when did Matt he, uh, Vanderheiden live together in an apartment in Green Bay. Oh my God. What does that smell like? You think? <laughs> <laughs> I literally thought the same thing. Like, I don't know, Matt, if you've ever smelled old young blood after a hard night of drinking, but some days, let me tell you, you know, the next oh. morning, you know, <laughs> that place has got to smell like stale beer and lube. I mean, there's no other explanation. <laughs> <on that. laughs> well, you had uh, someone. I mean, the- I think I think the greasy threes that come back with it are, are just pre lubed already. <laughs> yeah, you did not just call them greasy threes. <laughs> oh that's God. that's what he hunts, man. That's what he hunts. <laughs> that's somebody's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, that's their motto. They literally. I have a group chat that's greasy trees and HIV. <laughs> oh my God. Well, that sounds like your type of group, Tito. Yeah. yeah. I guess, uh, I guess I'm moving to green Bay. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like a pretty good reason. Hey, I'm not going to lie. I've just seen your video from last week and I had a little FOMO watching it. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. The, uh, the wild hockey game. Yeah, dude. NHL games are, are a fucking blast, dude. And I, like, I only had so much video to go off of. So I was like, I had to have some of the guys send me some stuff, but that was like, I don't want to say the best I could do, but I was like, all right, this looks like a good time. And I was there. Yeah. I mean, it definitely looked like a pretty good time. I mean, Chaz doesn't remember spearing JQ. JQ barely remembers getting thrown into the, into the snowbank and couple other guys really don't remember the end of the game. So. <laughs> <laughs> they had to go back and watch. It sounds legit to me. I don't, I don't know how much better you can get. No, no, not at all. Maybe, I mean, maybe not remembering like the first half, that would be a pretty good night. But the end, eh, close enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, all I'm saying is that uh, hypothetically, if, uh, you know, I, I move in the Fox Valley area, I mean – I'm always down for a Timber Rattlers game on a Tuesday night. You know what I mean? Hey, you don't have to tell us twice. I'm here to tell you the arm twists and bends pretty easy these days. <laughs> <laughs> you just be like, hey, CJ, you just be like, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally, you don't even have to say, hey, you could just send like location or like the coordinates and the time and I'll be there. <laughs> Just a link with a question mark. Like, yeah. All right, I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there's going to be a, a few of us besides the point because the whole posse is basically lives in Green Bay now. Oh, man. I wouldn't expect anything less, dude. Like I said, bring them all, man. Young Blood, fucking Vanden Hayden, you, dude. I mean, hell, if we can pry, you know, KGB away from, you know, that shackle, that'd be a good time, too. <laughs> you know that bad boy's locked down now. Yeah. <laughs> locked down. Uh, God, what an idiot. Anyway, like, so dude, like, um, <laughs> <laughs> you just uh, speaking of a good time, man. You just got back from Koh. We did, we did, and it wasn't it wasn't a good time. It wasn't. <laughs> no, it was. I mean. We had a really good time pre-running. Like everything was really good that way. And we didn't typically, we go there and we work on a lot of stuff and you wreck a lot of stuff pre-running. And 
Um, uh, the easiest way to say it is apparently we used up all of our luck free running because <laughs> we didn't have any issues free running. We like free ran the most we've ever pre ran before and had more downtime at night, not working on stuff than we ever have. And then come to qualifying and I made it about throwing distance and broke two rear axles. So that was sweet. I'm like, okay, so we're going to start 86th. And then, uh, yeah, yeah. 86. So don't that, that's pretty good. Cause I could have started like 94. So I was, I was taking 86 for what it was worth. And then by, uh, mile mark or by mile 72, which was like the end of lap one, we were in the top, like between 25 and 27 on the road. And we were sixth overall on corrected time. But so that part was really cool. Like some of the most fun I've ever had. I, and I would probably be in jail right now if there's any environmentalists out there because <laughs> we ran over a lot of bushes. There was probably one of them desert tortoises somewhere out there that was near within 200 feet of the race line that I probably ran over. And yeah, so we got back to main pit and the first rock section I got to coming back um, the first lap, I could tell like something was wrong with the front wheel drive because I had to go up this steep sand, like sand, gravelly, shitty hill right off the get go. And I like barely made it up. And I'm like, wow, I'm pretty sure I saw a Jeep Cherokee go up this with like the kids in the back, soccer ball hanging out the back, like everything last night. Like why, why didn't I just drive right up it? And I get into, uh, it was called Turkey Claw. And the first rock I hit with the right front tire, the car just spins out. And I'm like, well, that was sweet. Haven't this, this trail is a trail that you could literally go down. Like it's like the number one Jeep trail. People take their Jeep with, like Tiffany's Jeep and drive up it. It's nothing crazy. And I hit a freaking rock and I spin out. I'm like, wow, that's, that is quality right there. That was nice. So we get out of there and I'm trying to back up and I'm like doing circles, looking like a complete retard. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> we get out of there and we get back to main pit. Luckily main pit was like, I don't know, four miles away or something. We we're just outside of main pit. And we jacked the front of the car up and we can't figure out anything wrong with the front diff or nothing. And we have it locked in and it, it seems to be locking and working just fine. And I'm like, all right, well, we'll go out there and keep going. We're doing pretty good. We, we passed however many cars that is 50 cars in 70 miles on the road. So we started 86 on the road and we're 26 or something on the road coming through main pit. So we were, uh, having a lot of fun to say the least. Like I almost felt bad for a little while. My car worked really, really good. Um, as far as suspension and setup and everything else. And I shit you not like in the beginning mile three, I passed seven cars by mile three and I never saw any of them. It was so freaking dusty <laughs> that you could see your hand in front of your face. And I'm like, I don't even know where I'm going. And Devin's like zoomed in on the GPS and he's like, it just says straight. So keep going. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like at any point, if, if you feel like uncomfortable, just tell me because 
I'm, I'm okay with that. I understand that we can't see shit. And next thing you know, we're in the bushes, like off the track. And he's just all about it the whole time, which was awesome because it, it made it more fun for me, more fun for him. But we passed all these people and we never even saw them after the race. I was like, I never, like the first three rows in front of us, I'm like, I never saw any of you guys. They're like, yeah, apparently on the lake bed, you were way off one way and there was one other guy way off the other way. And there was five of us in the middle and you guys went around all of us at one time. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> never saw any of you guys, like never saw anything. At one point I was looking over and then Devin's like, what are you looking at? I'm like, I swear there's like a car, like within 10 feet of us, like right next to me. And I couldn't see it. Like I kept getting like, like a reflection or a shadow maybe that I would catch it out of the corner of my eye, but I couldn't actually, I never, I never saw the car, never found them, never saw it, but there was obviously a car over there at one point, but so we get all the way back to main pit and the front diff seems fine. I go out on the short course and I almost spun out on the short course. I was like, yes, that would have been, that would have been like the topping on K, right? <laughs> short course guy comes out onto the short course and spins out. Like that would have been it. And at that point I'm like, all right, something in the front drive does not work. And we continued on for like a mile and we were hitting some whoops and I could feel every time the rear end came up, we like slowed down. And then when it got back on the ground, it would take back off. I'm like, I looked at Devin and I said, I'll keep going if you want, but I'm here to tell you, we're going to be dragging this thing out of the rocks because it doesn't have four wheel drive. So at that point we're like, you know what, let's not be that guy that has the whole entire trail plugged up for mm-hmm. everyone else and wreck their race because we knew our car was broke, but we're going to try to do it anyways kind of deal. So we ended up just going back to the pit at that point and calling it a day. But overall, um, two weeks, uh, I think we were on the, on the lake bed for like 16 days and it was really dusty. It was really dry. It was really shitty as always, but we had a lot of fun. So, um, hopefully in the next year or two here, we can, race the same car twice that would be ideal i think that's been our biggest killer is three years ago we ran a yamaha with trailing arms on it and we knew already prior to that that we were having front uh prior years we broke front diff but there was no option there was no other option that's the only diff that is available for the yamaha that's what we had to run so we did finish but we broke the front diff Last year, I ran a Turbo R, finished, did good, won our class, and but it was another brand new car. Didn't know anything about it. Got lucky. The car survived. Everything's good. Now this year, we bring another new car because that's just players wanted the Pro R platform pushed, and nobody has ever raced a Pro R at King of the Hammers in the Rocks, and it came out last year. No one ran it, so this is the first year it came out. So it was like three years in a row. I was just gambling that my car was going to make it because no one knew anything about them. Like we didn't know anything about it. We were new to it. They're all new to it. They have an idea just from like desert racing, what, what to look for. And did our, we all did our best to prepare for that, but anyone can tell you that's been out there. King of the hammers is a little bit different than just desert racing. So um, ultimately going back in the same car or like the same model car, couple of years in a row would really be ideal. Mm-hmm. So I saw your uh, Instagram post and you were again, talking about how your weekend wasn't super ideal. 
Um, and I think you had mentioned like it was just kind of like on <clears throat> I think you said you blamed yourself or you kind of blamed the team. What were some things that you could have done uh, preventatively, I guess, to to make sure like you, that front diff didn't go out <clears throat> and you kind of got, you know, the the bad bug for for qualifying. Is there something more that you could have done if like you go back or is there something different that you're going to do for next year? Um, the biggest thing is just more knowledge, man. Like the axles in qualifying. So my pre-runner was brand new when I brought it there. It has 430 miles on it and I haven't broke a single thing. And I did the race course three times in it. Never had a single problem, but brand new axles. I took the axles out of my race car. Um, they had 200 miles on them. It was a car that I had that I, uh, used for trail riding and messing around. I went up to Michigan and messed around with it and whatever. So I'm like, oh, these axles have 200 miles on it. I'll put brand new ones in it. Well, we put the brand new ones in and they broke in, like I said, 50, 50 yards from the first rock I hit, they broke. So ultimately no one really knows, right? It, I ended up putting used axles back in it and didn't have any more issues with axles. So I don't know if there was a bad batch or not, or what happened, right? I mean, um, talking to Papa, they, they had, they all went to RCVs axles. They've never ran RCVs any other year. Well, between him and the Millers and Blurton, they were breaking axles left and right. They're a different manufacturer. They obviously run for Canada and we run for Polaris, but there's a good chance that they're probably all coming out of the same place anyways. Um, a lot of the parts get made in Mexico for Polaris axles, for Can-Am axles, whatever. And all of a sudden they started breaking all kinds of axles. So they had the option to get RCVs and get them in. I tried to get RCVs and I couldn't get them, um, in time. And, uh, I didn't, I, I, I broke axles in qualifying. So it wasn't like I already knew that it was going to be a problem. So that was just lack of knowledge and not knowing. And then ultimately what took us out in the race was um, not knowing enough about the Polaris Pro R platform. If we would have known our Yamahas used to have a clutch pack, um, like a limited slip torque limiter that came out of the tranny that drives the front disc. Well, if you break one axle, let alone two rear axles, there's a good chance that you are really hard and hot on that, that, uh, torque limiter going to the front disc. Well, my turbo R that I raced last year, and then I ran champ in a turbo R all last year as well. It doesn't have one. So I didn't even know the pro R had one at all. Well, that's ultimately what ended up failing in my race car. Then is in qualifying, we broke the axles. We didn't even know there was a torque limiter. And then we go out in the race and we smoke the torque limiter. Well, there's, there's, there's a 90% chance that, we really smoked it in qualifying or driving it from where qualifying was back to the trailer, not knowing that there's even one in there because their other models don't have one. Um, if we would have known that there was one in it, we for surely would have changed it because we, we have been down that road with the Yamaha trannies, knowing that if you have that part in it, no matter the manufacturer, if you break axles, the whole point of it, is to not wreck your front disc. So it's going to burn that out so that you don't wreck your front disc. So not knowing it was in there ultimately is what stopped us the next race and then, or the, during the race. So at the end of the day, it's a, it's a lot of lack of knowledge, um, not bringing a car there that we've raced there before or anyone on the team has even raced there before 
within Polaris. So it was a learning curve for all of us. I think only one pro R finished and every one of us had a different problem. It was um, like just goofy off the wall things. I think Bryce broke a, a shock, had a front shock come apart. Not sure why, like we, we all run the same shock. Um, RJ broke some axles and he put all brand new axles in it as well. And then obviously I had the, the torque limiter go out, but so it's a lot of it is growing pains, man. That's one thing that uh, Can-Am has ironed out really, really well is they have the same platform and have been running on the same X3 platform for six or seven years. And their first two, three years at KOH wasn't great either, or even short course or whatever. It's, it takes two years, three years to get these cars sorted out. I mean, we're, we're putting them through things that we shouldn't be. It, the, the rock trails that we're doing are incredible. I don't, it, it was supposed to be the hardest year of KOH for UTVs. That was, that was the whole hype on it was too many UTVs were finishing as it was. And the race wasn't, was getting finished in three hours or something. And it shouldn't be. Well, this year they're like, we're going to make it the hardest course we've ever had. Well, they had the most finishers in the shortest amount of time this year than any other year. <laughs> so it Damn, sounds like they, uh, I was going to say, sounds like they uh, <clears throat> kind of dropped the ball on that one. Yeah. And honestly, they, they did run us through a lot more rocks than they ever have. But I think the biggest problem with KOH nowadays is it's huge, right? There's, there's 85,000 people or a hundred thousand people there and they all own UTVs or they own Jeeps or they have rock crawlers or whatever. And every trail out there, once they release the, the race course, any person it's public land can go out there. The race course gets so beat in that the rock trails just aren't as nasty as they used to be. And don't get me wrong. There's, there's trails that are, are nasty hundred percent that are nasty. And you're like, I don't want to go up it, but very rarely does anybody winch anymore. Like there's a, there's a trail called sledge and we used to not never even come down sledge cause they were too worried about the trail being too nasty for UTVs. And then there's a part on it. They call it the plaque wall. It's like this big rock shelf and it's probably, I don't know, four feet tall or something. And it's just a big old shelf and you have to, usually you come down it and car after car after car will make a mistake and have to winch through it or come down it and tip over and whatever. We drove up it this year and never winched. It's like the, the cars are just getting so good and there's so many people out there. And with that, the rocks are all a lot more dug out than they've ever been. So people will hook to them with a big Jeep or something, put a winch around it and drag it to a spot where it's better. Like if there's a big hole that's screwing everybody up, they'll hook a big winch to it and they'll drag a big ass rock into the hole. And now everyone drives right through. So it's, it's just changed a lot. And the cars are really fast in the desert. Um, we all ran the same desert loop this year and the, 4400s, which are the ultra fours, big cars, unlimited, no rules, however much horsepower you want. They're running big blocks and them things. They can do a hundred plus miles an hour, 120, probably 130. And the UTVs are only doing 
say 80s and 90s through the desert, but we're within two minutes of them in the, in the course of 75 miles. So the, the cars have gotten so good that they're averaging, it seems to be a lot faster speed than a lot of the classes. They don't quite have the top end as the big cars, but they're so much faster through the turns and um, everywhere else that it, it's really hard to not underestimate them. So when it comes to uh, KOH out there, like you said, is is a lot of that's public land. A lot of people can kind of run through those. Is there anything that that can even be done as far as preserving some of those rock hills or some of those areas that can be a little bit more challenging? Um, is there maybe something preventative that they can do even like a week or two before that? Or like, like what do you think is, is a good solution, I guess, to kind of maintain that challenge? Um, I think the, the best way to go about it would have to be like, say releasing 90% of the course and then have two rock trails that are new or different. Um, like this year they added Thor's hammer and they added this trail called blue dot and they added a trail called Z walk. Those were all brand new trails this year, um, that they broke in this year. The downfall to it was they released it. I don't know, a month before the race and everyone knew where they were. So everyone ran the piss out of them. They're the nastiest when there's not a trail beat in. That's when there's the most big rocks. There's like not a lot of grip. Things aren't moved around by cars where they, they shouldn't have been right. They're all just laying there. So the only way to go about it, in my opinion, would be they would have to find a trail, try it once or twice, on a week that there's no one there during the week, during the middle of summer when everyone's racing everything else, know where it is and then not tell anyone where it is till two days before the race or something and never post it publicly. You would have to give it to the racers and obviously the racers are going to spread it word of mouth and eventually everyone's going to know about it. But the longer you could keep people off of it, I think the better your odds are of keeping it more natural and, and, more of a diverse, harder trail. And the other thing with the trails is you can take whatever you want back there. There's, like I said, it's, it's, it's public property. If you so much want to bring your Prius back there, you want to bring your whatever back there, you can, nobody cares, get after it. But with that, the rules of the races are anything in the Canyon, right? We're always at the bottom of like a V going up the mountain in the bottom part of it. I shouldn't say the bottom because we go from top to bottom, but the, the most low altitude part of the mountain in the bottom of the V where they meet and anything in the Canyon is always legal. So what ends up happening is everyone makes like, say there's a really hard rock part right here where you'd typically winch somebody with big cojones breaks in a side hill where they just hammer up the side of this mountain all sideways. And eventually he does it. And the next person sees it. And then, a hundred more people see it and now it has ruts and everybody can drive through it. It's no longer hard and everyone goes around it. So that's what ends up wrecking majority of the trails. And I think the other thing that kind of hurts the race is he tells us all on the GPS where the virtual, the, the virtual checkpoints are. There's virtual checkpoints. You got to be within like 50 feet of them or something when your car drives through it and it'll, it sends it back to them or when they pull up your tracker, it'll tell you if they're there, if you hit them or not. Well, he publicly posts 
where they are on the GPS file. So what is us being racers, right? There's a lot of money on the line. Everyone spends a lot of money to go there. What do you do? You figure out how you can hit all the VCPs without having to go through the hard part, right? So you, you figure out exactly where that VCP is. If there's typically, if there's a VCP there, there's a really hard section right there. There's usually one little spot that's 10 feet or there's a rock ledge or there's a rock in the way that you have to drop off of or crawl up. That just is a pain in the ass. And it's usually never anything dangerous. It's just a pain in the ass. Well, if he didn't show us where they all were, we would most likely race in the rocks. We'd be down in the bottom because you're all worried about being penalized, right? If you said, hey, if you miss a VCP, it's 10 minutes to your time. There's a good chance that you're going to get everybody racing through the rocks down on the bottom exactly where they need to be. Well, by giving us the VCPs and showing us where they're at, it kind of makes it like who does their homework the best, right? You go to that hard rock trail. Like there's one trail called uh, Jack North. And the bottom of it is nothing hard. You can literally drive right down it, no problems. Um, you don't have to get out and walk it. It's nothing. It's one line, but there's a couple little drop-offs, and it's just a bunch of bullshit rock that you have to go slow through. Well, there's eight VCPs at the very bottom of it because there's a trail right next to it on the right that's 50 feet away that's perfectly smooth up on top of this little ledge that you can just drive out of it, and you can skip the whole end of it. Well, he made it clear last year, 2022, that that was going to be really important. A ton of us got docked for it last year. Almost 80% of the field got docked for it last year. Well, this year he, he upped it. There was only two in it last year. There was eight in it this year. He made it very clear in the driver's meeting, hit the VCPs in the bottom of Jack. Well, what did everyone do? They went to the bottom of Jack. They figured out how to drive up out where there was a VCP. There was a trail going down in and there was a trail turning right back out. And you drove in, you hit the VCP, you turned around, you drove back up on the shelf, you hammered down the fast part, you dropped back in at the VCP, you turn back out, you, you keep going. And at the end of the race, there was a bunch of protests about people protesting. Well, he kept going in and out of the, the wash at the bottom of Jack North, hitting the VCPs, but not actually staying on the trail. Well, what are you going to do about it now? Because he hit all the VCPs. So there's no way of really being like, well, you were off trail. Well, he hit all the VCPs. That's what you said in the driver's meeting. Hit the VCPs and we won't have a problem. That's what you get. So you think you need uh, somebody in there then? Like, again, <clears throat> I get trying to, you know, make it uh, more challenging. But at the same time, so then, you know, those solutions are, you know, only release so many portions of the track. But also, you know, <clears throat> those areas that you need to hit, you know, need to be put in areas that, I mean, frankly, got to fuck some people up. You know what I mean? That's what it sounds like to me. It just sounds like everyone's, you know, being clever about it, but it's like, Hey, at this point, like, you know, you got to go through this rock section, you know, see some, you know, flips, maybe, you know, lose a husband or two. Like it's not a big deal, but you know, we need to have something that's a little more challenging. Yeah. And it's not even necessarily about no one's doing it because it's hard. It's too hard. We're all doing it because it's a race. Yep. And if you don't do it, the next guy's going to do it. He's going to make up two minutes on you because you followed the rules and he didn't. And not all the time does it get enforced. There's times that there's people that get away with not hitting VCPs that, yeah, it didn't matter for the win, but it may have mattered for fourth or something else. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So 
ultimately, I think if you gave the race course, you gave out the race course, you said you're allowed to go 150 feet, which is his rule from the center line or beat in race course. Cause there's some straightaways that are long that have six lanes beat into them, which is so that you can pass. I understand you, you got to be able to pass, but then you go to the rocks. There's never anywhere where there's six lanes in the rocks. There's one lane through the rocks and there's typically bypasses or, or ways to get around hard parts. But if you told everyone there's a hundred VCPs just in the rock lap and you didn't give them to anybody and you didn't tell anybody where they were, I can about guarantee you everyone's going to race through the rocks. I like that. <clears throat> um, so as far as, you know, how your, how your year went, like you said, it's, it's continuously learning. Uh, and, and I don't want to make this sound like it's like a, a conceited uh, <laughs> thought or anything like that. But like you said, you know, you're learning. Um, is that, is, is this fun for you then? Where, where it's kind of reinvigorated you because I mean, in pro four, you've just been so dominant. I mean, last year you won the pro four championship, uh, an absolute banner weekend at Crandon where now you're moving into something that's more challenging. You know what I mean? It's not just something that's like, you know, the knowledge of a pro four, you're learning something new. Is that then kind of reinvigorated that fun for you then as far as King of Hammers goes? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, King of the Hammers is one of the most fun races I look forward to every year. I, I truthfully wish it was a two-day event. I know a lot of people don't, but I think if it was a two-day race, you would maybe get, I don't know, it's hard to say if you're going to get more or less people, but there's so much, right? One thing goes wrong and you've wasted three months of your time because it takes three, four months to build a car and you need to build a car basically every year or, or prep a car that you already have built. And you have to be on the lake bed for two weeks so that you can pre-run and make sure you have time to get the course down. Cause like this year you raced on, you qualified on a Monday and you raced on a Thursday. So that's the better part of a week alone. And then in between that Monday and that Thursday on Wednesday is a full day of only tech. And they, they make you do this. They call it tech and contingency. They, roll you back and forth through all, all the vendor alleys and it's open to the public. And it's not really tech to make sure that you have the right stuff. It's more or less for the public, for vendors so that they can pick on something. Typically every year they pick one thing and this year they weren't near as bad, but previous years they pick one thing and they basically don't pass anybody on it. And then you have to go to a vendor and buy it. So oh. It's, it's more or less like a way that the public gets to see all the cars, but it also brings in money for all the vendors that are there. Like, so you, you already wasted Monday, you're qualifying Tuesday, you have off Wednesday, you have, um, tech and contingency Thursday, you race. So basically one week right there, you're, is just dedicated to that stuff. Well, now you need three or four days to be able to pre-run the race course because the race course isn't always open. There's other races going on where this day, this part of the course is closed and this day, this part of the course, uh, course is closed, but the rest of it's open. So you ultimately you're out there for a week and a half at minimum and two weeks, two plus if, if you want to do it and try to relax a little bit while you're doing it. But then to have the race just be like a one shot shebang really is, is a, puts the, puts the knife in your side when you, you don't have it go your way because there's nothing you can do about it. There's just try again next year. But 
ultimately KOH in itself is one of my favorite events because the things you do in a UTV should not be done like in a UTV, the rocks we drive over the rocks, we go up the, the things we put these cars through is flat out incredible. And every single year I go there, I'm just like, I can't believe it. I can't believe like my free runner, for instance, it was a bone stock pro R with a, I put a cage on it, a bolt on cage so that if I crashed, I was not going to get squished. And that was it. it. Everything else about it was stock. And it had 400 and some miles just in the rocks in the desert. And there was some nasty shit that we did with it that was like, no, this shouldn't happen. This <laughs> this car should not be just good to go right now. It, it should be in pieces, like broke, like not good. And then I'm taking my same pre-runner that I race or that I ran there and I'm racing at the Red Bull snow scramble in Michigan this weekend. Like same car. I, I checked over the bolts. I changed the fluids on it and I'm going to bolt the seat in it and I'm going to race it again and see what happens. So it, from, it definitely uh, is. What's that? Oh, go ahead. I said, it definitely is a challenge. And that, that is part of the reason we like going there is because of the challenge. But ultimately, the riding you get to do in general is so fun. Like, I don't know if any of you guys have ever been to Windrock in Tennessee or any of those trail places that have the rocks. We'll get a group of like 10 of us and go out there. And it's, it's not fast. It's not see who has the biggest balls to hold it wide open. It's small, tedious, like little rock climbs and getting up something going one mile an hour. That is just something about it is really intriguing and really fun. And it, it, draws you to just like want to do it like i would if i lived not 12 hours or 14 hours from winrock i would probably go there once a month because i just love going or johnson valley california same thing going out there and just playing in the rocks in itself is a lot of fun like with your buddies and bringing people out there and all the different cars and there's always a hundred ways you can get up um, every trail like there'll be a spot that you can't get up and you'll try and try and try and you'll move over literally three inches and you'll drive right up it. It's like the matter of inches while you're out there, that'll make the difference of winching up it or driving right up it and not having a problem. So I think overall, it's just, it's really intriguing and it's fun to go out there. And I, I don't think it would matter if you're dominating or not dominating. I think KOH is just something that if you enjoy the challenge and you really just enjoy driving UTVs and going out and doing cool shit, you're going to go no matter what. Is there any way to, to simulate that type of environment? I mean, especially us being in Wisconsin, I mean, there's only so many things that you can do to try and simulate that environment. Like you said, is, is down in either, you know, Tennessee or in that area, or, you know, flat out just going to, to Johnson Valley itself. Is there any way that you can simulate that whatsoever short of, you know, building yourself an actual rock hill? No, there's not. And we've tried, we've tried to go to, what is it, the Badlands in Indiana and all these different places to be able to test because simply that's, that's the really hard thing about being in Wisconsin and racing a race like that. If we lived where we could drive five hours, less, six hours, shit, even 10 hours and go to King of the Hammers and test, we would learn a lot more, right? It would be like, oh, let's go once a month before the week before uh, coming up to the races, like it's not that big a deal to drive 10 hours, hang out for a couple of days, do some testing and pre-running and learning about the vehicle and then coming back. Well, 36 hours is a long haul to do that each way. 
and you only get lucky going 36 hours each way and not having a trailer problem so many times. So we, we try to do that the least amount as we can, but we try to do anything we possibly can to test and similar, um, like areas or find something that's similar and there's just nothing like it. And mainly I think because anywhere where it's wet, even if you have rocks, the rocks are different. They're like just polished off, slippery, and they're more of like rock shelves. The one thing that King of the Hammers has that I've never seen anyone else is the size of the rocks are just massive boulders. Like there's, there's rocks that are four times the size of the UTV that you just, you have to drive around. But every rock out there is like driving on sandpaper for some reason. I don't know what <laughs> what makes them that way, but they have shit tons of grip. They're not smooth. They don't have water running down them, nothing. They, they're all like sandpaper. So you have way more grip than you should. So you can you could take a rock section here or say one that is a, we'll call it like a three out of 10 on a scale in KOH or at Johnson Valley and bring it to the Midwest. And I think just with the rain and everything alone, it would be like a seven or eight here because it's never going to have the grip that they have out there. Speaking of uh, trailer problems, what's funny is I know that, uh, you know, and you mentioned him earlier, Kyle Chaney, he had trailer problems, but unfortunately I didn't get a chance to um, see how he did. Did he suffer the curse from the X or did he do well at KOH? He is the king. He is the three-time king. I was actually going to tell him that, I will trade you 20% of your luck at King of the Hammers for 20% trailer luck because he blows more tires and more axles and has more trailer problems than any person I know to date. But let me tell you, in the UTV race only at King of the Hammers, there is no one out there that has, and, and it isn't always luck, right? You, you have to be good. And we all know Kyle's good. He's, he's one at about everything he's done. But that guy is the only guy that I've known that's went about three years without getting a flat tire or having like a, any problems at all in the UTV race. And I think he just uses up all of his good mojo right there because he comes to camp and he, his mojo just isn't the same. And his trailer coming home just doesn't have that good mojo. And even the last like two years in at KOH, he runs the 4,400 race the next day or uh, two days later in a UTV and Jeez. the first lap of the 4,400 race is actually uh, have uh, is easier than uh, the UTV lap two. So you do lap one, the desert lap two is the rocks. And then 4,400 does a lap three in the rocks. but their lap two in the rocks is a little bit easier because they have to do a lap three. Well, he hasn't finished lap two in the rocks in his 4,400 UTV in probably two or three years, but his, then he runs a course that's tougher two days before it in the <laughs> same car and hasn't had a single problem in three years. It's like, it's, it's just mind blowing that it, the, the way it all works, right? Like you'd be like, Oh, you, you've done this same, he did that same rock trail, the same desert lap, the same rock trail probably a hundred times already and has no problems with it in the UTV race. It goes perfect every time. And then he goes to run the 4,400 race, which we all expected him like this year that he had a good chance at winning it or being right there on the, in the, on the podium. And he usually breaks within, I don't even know, three or four of the rock sections in like 
halfway through the second lap, he's usually broke already. And it's like, I don't know, man, I don't know what you got going on, but you obviously use a lot of your juju in one race because <laughs> afterward it never, never comes back to. Do you think, um, do you think he took a page out of his uh, ex's book as far as like that voodoo magic goes, you know, maybe where he's kind of got like a, like a small little UTV here, 4,400 there. And he uses a lot of those juices up on that UTV, but then the 4,400, he doesn't use as much. And then he does the same thing for champ off road where he uses all them juices in the UTV and just doesn't have quite enough juices for that pro four. I don't know how much juices you need on each thing. To make <laughs> the thing. <laughs> but apparently it's not enough. <laughs> so Kyle, Chin, do you think he has enough juices to go around? I guess is all I'm saying. Well, Apparently not, because if he had enough to go around, he he would have he'd be using more juices in other applications, I would guess. <laughs> you know, I, I think maybe that maybe that's the problem. You know, is Kyle Cheney needs more juices. I mean, that just seems to kind of be the the, the consensus here is that it just doesn't have enough juices. I, I would agree, because I mean, we all know Kyle Cheney likes to shoot big bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle Cheney did not shoot a buck this year. He, oh, he didn't. He, 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 he's probably going to be mad that I'm even going to tell the story, but <laughs> the first time he tried to shoot it, he sent me a video. He had his camera in the way, and the bow hit the camera no. and missed the deer. <laughs> then the next time he shot at it with his other bow, and I don't know what happened, but needless to say, the deer is still alive. <laughs> well, <laughs> now, then KOH came, and deer season was over, ended while he was at KOH. And the deer hit three of his cameras in one day in broad daylight. And he wasn't there. He was at KOH. So <laughs> he didn't get to shoot a deer this year. And I would guess if he had more juices, he would have killed the deer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think, uh, I think Kyle Cheney needs a, needs a shirt. Then that says Kyle Cheney needs more juices or, you know, something reassuring that he's got enough juices for everyone. I, I would agree. I mean, he, he definitely, had a couple juices this year doing the impulse media um, <laughs> and everything else that happened. So, and he won some of those. So maybe, maybe he has more going on in life and he uses his juices elsewhere and we just don't get to see it. You know what? And, and that's an absolute shame. I, first of all, I don't think we can blame him. You know, the dude, dude's good looking cat. You know what I mean? He's physically fit for the most part, bad knees though. Um, so bad yeah, knees, like you're yeah. right. But he can maybe still the, run. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, maybe he's using them juices elsewhere and, and he needs to kind of like, you know, just redistribute those juices, especially with him getting older. You know I mean? Them juices maybe turn into some powder and then those just aren't as good anymore. All right. All right. So do you think then he needs to stop drinking twisted teas and needs to start drinking something a little more juice in it? Like, I don't know, like a truly or something. Yeah, well, now he's on the Twisted Tea Light. So maybe those are more juicy and his luck's <laughs> going to turn around. Or maybe that's what messed it up. Maybe he needed to Ooh. stay on the on the heavy Twisted and not the light. Because the lights just can't carry the heavy weight. Uh, you know what? I, I wouldn't doubt it. You know, he's trying to he's trying to make a lifestyle change, and that's not what you need to do. You know what I mean? If, if that lifestyle change is there for you, <laughs> and you're having fun, you're happy about it, I don't think you make the lifestyle change. You know what I mean, CJ? I feel you. <laughs> Thank you. No. Je Je Jeffrey, uh, I think is disagreeing with this uh, with this statement. 
Yeah, you're you're comparing it to your life, though. You no, mean, I'm just saying. No, you know, you're like, oh, hypothetically, <laughs> yeah. hypothetically, like, if you're having fun and, and enjoying your lifestyle, like, you shouldn't have to change. No, motherfucker. <laughs> Don't even get me started. Why? Why, <laughs> no, no, why I, can't you? I want. Why to, can't you have fun and, and do what you're doing and be okay with it? No, because then you got to hear him bitch about it. Well, I have no money to do anything, and then well, and then Jenny has. And then I think he, he's got money, and then that, then, that then he can maintain that lifestyle. And then he goes out for a full weekend, blows probably two hundred dollars, and then he complains that he has no money to do anything else. <laughs> two hundred dollars. I I can about tell you that judging by that video, there was more than two hundred dollars. <laughs> 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 you lying. Yeah. Uh, so you agree with me though <laughs> well well yes and no i mean you can, you can continue to have the same amount of fun that you're having sometimes if you're gonna work hard you gotta play hard so he's playing hard maybe sometimes you just gotta work a little harder and then you can do both then you have both work hard play hard yeah tito work hard uh, Daddy's always working hard. I mean, I'm technically on lunch break right now from uh, yeah, from, you know, from the, noon. Uh, the other uh, position, but you know, I'm, I'm working two jobs right now, so I feel like I'm working pretty hard. I feel like then that, no, that means I get to play hard. You know what I mean? I, I get to see these drunk women at Mystic Lake. You know, I get to go to these uh, NHL games and and see people smear each other on snowbanks. I think I think that is all relevant. Like that's things that need to get seen by somebody. So yeah. Okay. So uh, CJ, so this past weekend, we, uh, we actually hit up the, the pro carts and uh, the little indoor go-karts here in Minneapolis uh, down by Burnsville. And uh, we had talked about this, like, again, maybe one day in the realm of things, if there's ever a possibility of me getting married <clears throat> during my bachelor party, I want well, to go to these go-karts. Wait, what? <laughs> You might as well just end the story because there was that married part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we ain't ever gonna make it out. Yeah. We'll just have a bachelor. Yeah, we'll just have a guys weekend. Yeah, he's like, we're just, but, he's like you're we, can, about- we can call it a bachelorette or bachelor party, and we'll just just all the guys will go hang out. Yeah. <laughs> call for what it is. He's like, oh, we're telling fairy tales now. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess, I guess, before I get too old for this, either it's gonna be an epic guys weekend or a bachelor party. Uh, I've always wanted to raise go-karts and I've always wanted to dress up like the, uh, like the Mario Kart characters. Would you be down for something like that? What did he say? Absolutely. Yep. Drop a location. You don't have to tell him. (laughs) Drop a location and theme. Yep. You could, you could drop the location in Milwaukee, not this weekend because it won't be in town, but next week sometime or next weekend and I'll be there. Dress up. You don't even have to dress up. You can watch me dress up and throw stuff at people. I think it'd be great. <laughs> oh, dude, that that'd be a blast. Oh, only reason I ask is because I know a lot of you know the the people I'd invite to my bachelor party. Again, are, are obviously all really good friends. Probably the majority of the guys that were here this weekend, but there's only one guy that just smoked the shit out of us at this at this go kart track. And I'm sure you can guess it was it was Keegan. So yeah, I. I got the blue flag waved at me to uh, let somebody buy me. And I'm like, listen, I'm cooking right now. And there's no way <laughs> that any of these other, you know, peasants are past me unless it's Keegan. So I, I just 
fade off to the left a little bit. And I look to my right. And of course it's Keegan and he's staring at me. And this is a cocksucker. So I try to follow <laughs> his lines. And in one of the S curves, I just, I commit too hard and I, and I spin out and then I was just never able to replicate his lines. What's some advice that you can give to somebody <laughs> like me to keep up with some boob like Keegan? At the go-kart track. Yep. At, the go- at the go-kart track. Yes. Well, see so the whole trick to go-karts and everyone that it, it's the hardest thing you will ever teach yourself. Slower is faster. The earlier you let off the gas and the less you're on the brake and the more you're just coasting, the faster you're going to go at 98% of the tracks. And it's really hard to make yourself do that. Cause like at the, the coming into every turn and every straightaway, you want to just bonsai it in there, hit the brake, do a little slide action and <laughs> let's, let's, let's carry on. Well, all that costs you like half a second. The The best way to do it is if you don't slide at all and you're not on the brakes a lot and you never lock up the tires and you don't drive it into the turn really hard, majority of the carts aren't fast enough or have enough power to pull you back out of the turn with any speed. So you got to stay really smooth and carry as much speed as you can and just go from there. Well, that explains everything that I did. Is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was sliding all over yeah, in the yeah. corners. He's like Tokyo was, Drift. Yeah. Looked like fucking Tokyo Drift, dude. I felt like I was Dominic Toretto out there. <laughs> I, uh, no, man, like I was going in, hitting the brake hard, like really dive bombing in. And yeah, no, I, I, I guess it's, it's, that's some really good advice to have next time that, uh, that, that I go go karting and, I think another part of it too is I'm not going to let that son of a bitch buy me either. I mean, fucking dude wins enough. So yeah, I they, need someone like you to kind of humble him a little bit so that we oh, can. Now yeah. you want, now you <laughs> want him to win. <laughs> the easiest way to beat him is just don't let him buy. The course is only so wide. And I'm here to tell you, if you run him into the wall, a lot of times he ain't going to get by and you win. No, I'm going to go full Bob brand, man. I'm just going to fucking make my truck or make my cart as wide as possible. And I'm like, I hope you enjoy the wall. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I have raced against some people in the go-kart world with my buddies, Mike Kosmecki, our, our buddy, Jake Kosmecki, who races UTVs, his dad, we we're in uh, Wisconsin Dallas ripping these go-karts. And he almost put me over the wall, like physically over the wall. <laughs> oh shit. But guess what? He beat my ass. There was no way I was getting around him. He would look over, and the minute you'd either get next to him, he'd give you this shit-eating grin. And he had me outweighed a little bit. And he would just be like, oh, I'm going to turn right right here. Wham! There you were, in the wall. And what do you know? There he goes. He still beat my ass. So, so when in doubt, if you can't be better than him, just run him into the wall. <laughs> you can't beat him, run him in the wall. Yeah. Um, so uh, the, just the, just the last touch on this go-kart thing is, is it was about an eight minute race. Uh, and at about minute six, I want to say, um, I had a hard time breathing. I realized that I was absolutely fucking gassed. No, no. <laughs> I, had a hard time breathing. <laughs> I don't know if it was, I don't know if it's because I'm out of shape or if it was the two energy drinks, energy drinks I drank beforehand. Um, but at minute six, I realized I felt like I was hyperventilating and I had to like try to catch my breath. 
does that happen in the pro four as well? Or is that just a go-kart thing or am I out of shape? Well, round is a shape. So you'll never be fully out of the shape. <laughs> round. Thank you. Thank but- you, Jeffrey. I didn't say anything. <laughs> I, didn't, I was gonna say I was like, maybe mean, a lifestyle change will help. <laughs> yeah. But maybe like one one day on the stair climber with Jeffrey and I might might help you out there a little bit. But um at the end of the day, I think you need more energy drink. Uh and does it matter what kind? Nope, whatever they have for sale. <laughs> and maybe maybe like three shots to thin out your blood a little bit <laughs> and uh if that doesn't work you're shit out of luck yeah <laughs> this is fantastic advice see this this is the kind of sport i need jeffrey i feel like you're just not the kind of guy that's you're gonna pick somebody up when they're down i, I am trying to pick you up while you're down you're not sorry no i'm not getting into it nope mm-mm my, my therapist, no. <laughs> my, my therapist. Yeah. So, to not well, enact, or not not to engage in this kind of behavior. Yep. Toxic. Um, I guess the last, I last bit I want to touch on. I don't know about these 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 two guys, uh, but would just be the uh, the short course gas series uh, that was out there. Uh, did you get a chance to 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 watch that at all, or replay or anything like that? I did. I watched it. What'd you think? Ooh. What'd you think? Well, yeah. What did you, uh, what did you think of the one day event? Well, first off, nobody wants to d- drag all this shit anywhere for one day. I'm here to <laughs> tell you, <laughs> nobody wants to do that. Do you want to drive all the way there to shoot fucking one practice in one race? Probably not. Absolutely not. So nope. if they paid us, that's enough, the last I thing will. we want to do is drag our shit all the way there to do one day. But I get it. It's King of the Hammers. It's the first time they've ever done it. That's the time slot they had, yada, yada, yada. It was cool. It, good thing the track got rough because there wasn't any jumps. So you needed something to kind of separate the guys. But that was like back in the day, old soda style racing right there. Yes, yes. Semi-narrow, super freaking rough, not a ton of jumps. But if you had a good truck, a good line choice, like someone that could be a little bit dynamic behind the wheel and figure out the, the course a little bit better than somebody else and how to use the, the bumps to their advantage, um, really shown or would have, would have stuck out there. And there was guys that one lap would hit a line. I'd be like, dude, that was it. Like you nailed that in the next lap. They'd be like, nah, I'm going to go back to just bombing through this giant <laughs> asshole right here. And right. we'll just go back to there. But I would say, hundred percent of the fucking field out there has never raced on a course like that. Unless there was somebody that ran torque, maybe in like 2009, 2010, Dougie, Dougie, I yeah. think, well, even Dougie didn't run on the original, like red bud track, the original yeah. red bud track was like the last one that I remember that really got nasty and just brutal. Um, the one that used part of the motocross track. And I think Dougie and I were talking at, KOH or on a podcast or a video thing that um, he wasn't there for that. He came about a little bit after that when they did the one in the parking lot kind of deal. It was still on yeah. a hill. It still got rough and nasty, but it wasn't It wasn't like the OG day when it was real nasty and muddy and we went over that tunnel jump and they had a sand section and all that. That would be like probably one of the only guys that I know that 
would have raced on a track like that. I don't, I don't think Doug was there either, but is, is, was Sturgis something like that too? That was a, that was a new track where it got really rough and ruddy. Um, Sturgis didn't get, it was a new track and it was actually a pretty cool track, but it didn't get that nasty. I mean, it, it, it was different because you, you had so much of the hills and then had a really hard time watering it, especially the top of the hills. That was the biggest gripe there is like way up at the top. It was hard to get water up there. So there'd be racing through dust and it definitely did get a little bit rough, but the bottom half was like a standard champ track more or less. And the top half was like a little bit of an in-between where I don't remember the track. Um, I'd have to ask my dad, but there's one track I remember in particular I didn't, I didn't race that. I just remember my dad and them guys racing that all the time. That was soda. And it was, it was like sand and there was ruts going around the track and it was deep and just like whooped out nasty, like the whole entire time. And I think they only had like one jump on it and the rest of them just came natural. That's kind of what, <laughs> what, uh, the gas race reminded me of. Uh, so what do you think of uh, little kitty, man? He, uh, I thought he was going to show out, but ended up, Falling back to what? I think fourth, fifth, potentially. He, little kitty went turtle, turtle. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. He was in fourth. And then he ended up he was uh, in yeah, fourth. Not, not finishing. And then, then he decided that he was going to Austin Powers it or whatever and join the turtle club. <laughs> <laughs> and go turtle, turtle. But even in the pro light, like he was running good. I was, I was really impressed that one, both vehicles made it the whole time. Like they <laughs> yeah. went on the track, every qualifier, every practice with a body on them and finished. That's pretty good. That's, <laughs> that's more than what anyone like would ever expect. That's a pretty big accomplishment in itself because if anyone was at any of the champ races, there's been teams, including him that have struggled to do that. So that was a big stepping stone for them, I think. And that was, something that was important that needed to happen. They drove a long ways like us to make sure that these trucks get on the track and they finish every race under their own power, whether, whether in the pro light, he obviously got a flat and then the pro two, he ended up rolling over on the last lap, but regardless, they ran until he shut them off. So that was, that was the first big step. And I thought he did, he actually drove really well. I thought the pro two race, he was going to get up there. He was driving really well. And then it seemed like, uh, he got shuffled a little bit and then just got thrown off his game. And it seemed like that was more common than not. On a lot of guys that were running up front, one person would ruffle their feathers. And next thing you know, they were like third, fourth place speed and they couldn't, they couldn't ever gather it back up. I don't know if it was vision, the roost, if it was, I don't know if like the lighting was bad. I, I wasn't out there. I watched it on TV in my trailer where it wasn't dustier and shit. And, complete <laughs> terrible like you couldn't see anything down there there was no bleachers there was nowhere to watch there was nothing really? so you, you were able to to park out in the desert like kind of along the track and the track was fairly big like spread out it may not look that that way but it was uh kind of like like paperclip style it was had a bunch of turns but it was fairly narrow but pretty long so there wasn't a good place to like view and see the whole track so Luckily, we had um, Tyler Rimmery's had just uh, Starlink going, and Starlink saved everybody's life this year. I think there was about 3,000 Starlinks out there. <laughs> but, uh, with that, we could all stream it right on the TV um, outside and sit there 
with a twisted tea or a cocktail in your hand with your feet up and watch it where you could actually see it. So I was sitting back there and watching it, but it was cool. I, I honestly thought it was a lot of people liked it. I thought it was good hype. It was, it, it produced pretty good racing for the most part for what they had to work with in the, the classes they brought in. I think it's going to be a lot bigger if they do it again in 2024, um, which I would guess is in the plans. But as many of you probably saw, I don't do any of you guys follow Terry Madden. I don't know. Nope. If you want to see something, follow Terry Madden and go watch the driver's meeting from the UTV, the, the owner of King of the Hammers. Kind of, uh, everyone's known a little bit that you don't want to piss off Dave. You just don't. He, he's a great guy, means well, but he can he can get real rowdy real quick. And there's a couple guys asking questions, and then people started standing up on tables, and then it just it went south quick. So you would you would about guarantee that somebody is going to race out there on the lake bed next year to some extent. But I, I would guess that uh, there might be new faces standing in some places. Um, oh, shit. Maybe not. Maybe maybe not. But if you, if you watch the video that Terry Madden posted, you, you would understand because this is the owner of the series talking to racers. And it gets and then and then bringing in other. Uh, the owner of MAO, um, Jason, I don't know what his last name is. He threw him under the, who bought ultra four from Dave Cole in the first place. He threw comments out there about him. It was, it just went south quick. It went from a driver's meeting to like a, I don't even know, like a fuck you fest basically. <laughs> yeah. I just uh, looked it up here on uh, Instagram. <clears throat> I'll, yeah. I'll have to watch it once we're, uh, once we're done. Jeez. Um, and I, I guess, I guess the last question that at least I have regarding, uh, gas in the short course race, um, what do you think about Doug just absolutely, you know, sucking ass, uh, after, <laughs> <laughs> after the, uh, the restart kind of got pushed out, uh, one of those turns and then you just, he lost him, and then he came back in and just ran out of talent, I guess. Like, well, like what, what are your thoughts on that? You know, he was one of those guys that was like, he was there and then he wasn't, I don't know if he was so pissed off. I don't know. I didn't see what happened. <laughs> Apparently Ryan beat or somebody pushed him off the track. Cause he made it clear uh, after the race, he, they were fucking bickering. And then up on the podium, Dougie said something about him. And I didn't, I didn't see what happened, but it wouldn't surprise me if Ryan beat ran him off the track. Cause we all, I think I don't think it would surprise anybody, but um, I don't know if he was so pissed off that, he got pushed off the track that he was just like overdriving it or was just mad and lost like the concentration. But I thought Dougie was going to win it. Him and him and freaking Ron dog. We're going to, we're going to throw down. And it was like everyone that caught Ronnie had a problem. And then Ronnie just kept chugging along until, until he didn't move no more until he wasn't. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Dougie, Dougie just didn't have it. He had it and then he didn't. <laughs> yeah, that uh that first half of that race, I mean, seemed like everybody was settling in and then that second half, like you said is uh Dougie got pushed out a little bit. And and I did text him too. I did text him. I said <laughs> fucking third. <laughs> <laughs> uh hold on, wait, let me let me find it real quick. 
yeah, I was like, because uh, I had watched it and I couldn't help but like say something. I said, fucking third. And he goes, dude, you don't want to know. And uh, I was like, why'd you let those guys buy? And he goes, ha ha ha. You know why? <laughs> and then <laughs> just left that. Cause like, I did know why, but uh, it couldn't help, but uh, give him a hard time, especially, you know, cause it's Doug. Yeah. Yeah. Which it was good. Honestly, it was good to see all them guys. It was kind of a field of guys that didn't have great luck and chance this year that were able to go out there and put on a battle and a show and get down with it a little bit without being in like the champ scene. You know what I mean? It was all new eyes. It was all new. It was like a clean slate. Like if no one, a lot of the people out there obviously follow racing cause it's a race, but I would say 80% of them are just people that love rock crawling and ultra four and probably don't follow short course. So it was almost like a clean slate to come out there and show everybody what you had and no one really knew what your past was or if you were supposed to win or not supposed to win. It was just a hands down grudge match. Um, I guess then, uh, I don't know about you guys, but the, the last question that I have then, uh, is then just how many pertaining... last questions can you have? Yeah. yeah right. That's a great question. Great question. Yeah. yeah. And, and then the gas. And then this is like legit. The last question that I have. <laughs> Um, okay, well, and, if you and, got another one, just don't start with last question. I, I got, gotcha, <laughs> yeah. gotcha. I'll just be like, all right, man, we'll talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, well, as far as you know, we talked about you know, KOH and then the gas series out there, just kind of you know, just as the conversations progress, then um, you know, next up for us, I mean, I know we're still in snowcross, but as far as like you know, us, us for meeting each other is going to be champ off road. Um, but something that we've been talking about here in the off season has just been the difficulty, I guess, of getting sponsors. And, and why, why do you think that is that every single year, it's just so hard. Do you think this is still a symptom of COVID or, or what do you think the deal is? Because it seems like some tire companies, you know, are pulling out of, of short course offered racing and, and arguably, you know, or biasly, I think short course is the, some of the best racing on the planet, if not the best. And it just seems like these sponsors are not buying into to what we're seeing. Yeah. I mean, sponsors are always going to be hard to find and they're, they've always been hard to find, but in previous years, it was a lot easier to go to a sponsor and go, look, this is what I have for TV coverage and this, that, and the next thing. And people, they, that's what they wanted they all wanted to be on tv well yeah we have live stream but we don't really have tv coverage i think i don't even was it on map i don't even know to be honest with you i know there was live stream but i don't know that what the tv coverage was if there even was like full-on tv coverage or not but not only that five ten years ago it was a it wasn't as much of a social media battle as it is now yeah um which really hurts everybody because they they can go online and find Barbie McPay and give her freaking a set of tires and she'll go post a picture or 30 pictures in a bikini sitting on the tire and get 7 million likes. Yeah. Right. And, and you gave her one set of tires and there's guys coming to the champ races that obviously need a lot more to do it. But I think a lot of it is just, Companies come and go. It's 
It's the way it's been forever. There's there's companies that have a backbone in it and love it for the way it is, and then there's companies that are that are going to come and go. And a lot of the tire companies have a parent company that owns them, right? Um, like General is owned by Continental, and there's there's you can you can go on and on and on and on. I mean, Maxis is owned by EST or some company. Um, Maxis, the, the company that owns Maxis owns a bunch of tire companies. I think Toyo owns Nitto as well. Like there's, there's a ton of companies. Um, some, I think Continental also owns, uh, I said general, but, uh, Mickey Thompson, something had a incorporation there with another company. Anyways, long story short, there's a lot of companies that are, have a parent company and they like to move brands around and, there's always new brands kind of coming in and there's always old brands kind of leaving. But I think the biggest problem is a lot of people get stuck on like, we need this, right? I need to be on this tire or I need to be on this because that's what that guy's on and he's winning or that's what I think is competitive. And I don't necessarily always agree with that. I think um, that next tire or something, whatever band uh, Nelson runs, they, they've, I don't know what they give him. I don't know how much they fund him. I don't know anything like that, but they funded his whole way to King of the Hammers with a pro spec that he knew he was going to race against pro lights with. Like there are companies willing to still dump money into it and are, are trying to get into it. But I think the biggest thing that a lot of people miss is a lot of, I don't want to say 90% or anything like that, but I'd say 75% of sponsorships start with a relationship, right? And you need to start somewhere. And I think that's where a lot of people struggle is say they lose a sponsor and that sponsor was giving them $20,000 or whatever the number may be, but it took them four years or five years to get to that point. Well, because they were getting $20,000, they go to the next person and they're like, oh, I, I lost my sponsor. We need to go find one. They ask for $20,000, they have to get go again. There aren't many companies out there that are not already involved that are just going to first year out give you a bunch of money. There's just not. And that's where it's really difficult is because obviously we all know champs purses suck. The... The, we we are the circus and we have to pay to be in the circus. We have to pay to park. We have to pay to get in the gate. We have to pay, 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 pay to be the circus, to be their show. And yes, it sucks. It, it is expensive. It sucks. It costs a lot of money to get in the door to make it happen. But you, you almost have to think about it like as a stepping stone all around going back and going, all right, obviously when, if I want a long-term sponsorship here, I'm going to have to go to them with something reasonable and maybe reach out to a couple smaller sponsors and not have this big title sponsor this year, but be able to go like more of like a stock car style. I would say around locally, you see like restaurants and local businesses and just random stores and shops that you all know because of a friend's parent owns it or you know, the owner, because he goes to the races or this and that, that there's a lot of them um, that give out thousand bucks, 1500 bucks, 2000 bucks. Is that going to make it all year? No. But if you go and you do your homework and you, you try hard, you can get five or six of them companies that, yeah, you're not going to look like this big show and you're not going to have this great title sponsor, but you're going to be able to get through the year 
and make it happen. Well, in the meantime is when you're working, you should be working on like those small relationships, like getting your foot in the door, asking for very little kind of what they're interested in getting through the first year and going, look, this is what I've done. This is my results. This is what I put out and so on and so forth. This is what I have to show for what you've given me so far. Are you interested in, in moving forward and stepping up? And there's going to be times that people say, yeah, and there's going to be times that people say no. But I think the biggest misconception is that all these people are going to sponsors and they're getting $20,000, $30,000 when they walk in the door. It doesn't happen like that. It's not, we don't have what we used to. We don't have the coverage we used to. Yeah, we have bigger car counts. We have bigger um, fan counts. And I think a lot of these companies, all you'd have to do is get one of their head honchos to show up at one race. And it would be like, oh man, this is great. Like, yeah, we're, we're ready. We'll, we'll get involved to some extent. But without getting someone there, you're selling them off of a piece of paper, more or less, or a word of mouth. And nowadays, there's everyone trying to get everything. So they probably have a hundred of you, 200 of you coming and saying the same thing. So it's, it's a lot harder than it used to be just because there's people that want to get sponsored for everything. There's everything out there. There's people, there's people that only play video games and do live videos on Instagram and TikTok and whatever that want five grand to have a sponsor on the wall behind them. Like you're competing with so much more people now because there's, a way to be live on a platform all over in somebody's hand. Mm -hmm. So it, it all comes to the, the manufacturer and what they want. And we used to, where, where short course used to have like that, that rank, I think was saying TV, we have TV, right? Well, we don't really have good TV anymore. And it's, it's hard to sell live feed because everything out there has live. You can literally, Go live on Instagram, go live on Facebook, go live on TikTok, go live on freaking Twitch or whatever the heck that is. Like there's something you can watch everything live all the time. So you never really get all the eyes in one location. Like I, like I think you did back when it was just TV. Yeah. Um, shoot. I, I, I was, I was really kind of drawn in like what you were saying as far as, you know, these, these sponsorships go. <clears throat> and, as, and, and I think that, you know, like you said, if you get somebody there, I think that changes their opinion, you know, dr drastically, uh, just even getting, uh, my old roommate there, I was like, Hey man, he, uh, I was like, I'm going away for this weekend. He's like, well, what's this weekend? I said, Oh, it's the Crandon off-road races. Didn't know what that was. He's like, I'm not a big racing guy. I'm like, well, Hey, it's a good time. So he showed up and it was it. And he goes, it's so much different than like what you showed me to actually being there. And after that, his brother showed up and then I had more friends showing up. And it's and it's like you said, if you get somebody there to experience it, it changes their perception tremendously. Then then because you, you can't feel that atmosphere in a, in, in a video or, you know, a TikTok or, or even a live or whatever it may be, is that when you're there, man, it's a completely different atmosphere. So I, I hope someday the the right person comes along and is at at, at an event like this gets the feeling of the atmosphere and and just kind of you know helps revitalize a few things because uh, again man when you're there there's nothing like it and and it keeps drawing people in there the like you said the crowds are getting bigger and it, and it's that experience and and it's so hard to sell that though through a video 
and ultimately it's going to take one step to funnel down everything. Right. So a track, if you want to be in champ series, I don't know the price. You, you guys may know it. I don't know the price. It's however many thousands of dollars to be able to hold a race that weekend. Right. So champ goes in and says, we need 40 grand if you want us to race here. Well, the only way they're going to be able to make money is they need to be able to go to their racers then, which sucks and go, we need to cover our asses. So we're going to get our upfront money as much as we can from the race teams because we know they're coming. Right. Because what happens if you don't get any fans that year? Oh, the, the race just goes away. Well, no, you don't want that to happen either. So it's all like a umbrella that, that we're all underneath and it has a big waterfall effect. If, uh, owner that came in that financially has its own sponsors. Like, let's be real. The champ off road is funding their snowcross program. Like champ gets is way bigger, gets way more car count, gets everything the same, like is triple the size of snowcross. And I love snowcross been in it my whole life. My dad used to be professional at snowcross racing, whatever, but it's a dying sport. It really is. I mean, snowmobiles aren't selling like they used to. There's not nearly as many places to ride. It's just, it's, it's like motocross. Motocross isn't, is dying as well because when they come out of the womb, mom hands them an iPad to get them to stop talking or crying. And then next thing you know, that's just what all the kids want to do. They don't want to go outside anymore or mom doesn't want them getting hurt anymore or whatever. It's, it's all changed. So the fact that snowcross is still as big as it is with the sponsors, it has 98% chance that, Champ is funding it, right? Or Champ Off Road is funding that that side of it. So you're not going to get the kickback you should because we're doing all the work, we're putting in all the money, we're making the money as as a series, as a show. And who wants to go stand outside when it's 20 degrees out or 15 degrees out and watch snowcross? Like, not saying it's not entertaining. I know a lot of snowcross racers. I love when it's on TV. Yeah, I'm going to watch it but I'm going to watch it inside where it's nice and warm and whatever. I'm not going to go stand there. So to think that that series is still going as strong as it is somewhere they're bringing in outside money. Mm -hmm. Well, if you got a, a, an owner in somebody involved that it's main focus was champ off road. And that was it. I think you would see a tremendous difference. Um, like a, a great example, champ off road itself has not had a banquet for their racers since they've come in. Luckily more, the sportsmen have had a banquet and invited the pros to it. Think of that for a minute. We pay, I don't know, $40,000 in entry fees all year to not even get a banquet. Yeah. I, uh, like, <clears throat> I, I thought about that too. When, when that banquet was going on and it said, uh, you know, more, and I was like, more. I was like, well, why are they doing the banquet? I was like, isn't this like a champ off road thing? And, and I, and that just kind of answered my question right there then. Yeah. So more holds their own banquet and it is a hundred percent more banquet. That's it. That's what it is. And they recognize the pros there. They go out of their way and, and by all means, thank you to the more guys that are doing it because otherwise we wouldn't have anything at all. And, but they go out of their way as a racing family and they recognize the pros. Champ doesn't even do that. So clearly their their overall mindset goal isn't what it what it looks like if there was a, a guy and it, there's always rumors right going around and there's always people that 
are willing and are trying to figure out the right way to go about it and so on and so forth. But when champ gets in the hands of somebody who truly wants champ and the racers to be there in the sport to grow, and they're not doing it to fund something else or to fund their own pocket is when champ will get back to short course in general, we'll get back to what it used to be. That's when you're going to get sponsors involved. That's what you're going to get everything involved. I know there are two companies that left champ because of the way champ pro- approached them about their sponsorship this year. This, these are companies that sponsored the series last year and are no longer sponsoring it because they said, Oh, we gave you this much last year for this amount of signage and champ said, yeah, well this year it's going to cost you this much. And they went, nah, not interested. I'll just take my money somewhere else. So the at the end of the day if they're if the umbrella is greedy the main part of it it's going to affect all the rest of us underneath it and until you get something behind it that's willing to really give back to the racers and give us a break is when you're going to see everything start to as one get better as a seer as it costs a little bit less or i mean heck if it costs us $200 $200 a race less to park or even let the sportsman park for free. Or I mean, ultimately the sportsmen are the backbone, right? There's, there's 300 of them to 70 pros. They're the, they're the backbone of it all. They're the ones bringing in their whole family. They're the ones taking off their days of work to, to show up. They're the ones that are there because they love the sport and it is and that's what they love to do as a hobby. And, and they're the racing family is second to none. And it always will be, but if, if you could give a break, whether it's $100, whether it's $50, whether it's whatever, starting at the top, it'll all trickle down and it, it'll slowly continue to grow. But until you get to that point of like one guy not going, well, I want more money. I want more money. I want more money. You're never going to get, you're never going to, it's never going to work because as long as the tracks keep getting charged a bunch of money, they're going to keep charging the racers a bunch of money. As long as the racers keep getting charged a bunch of money, it's going to be harder and harder to find sponsors because it costs more to do it. And you're going to get less and less people or you're going to get less sponsors involved or so on and so forth. So it, it really is a one big group effort more or less, but it starts at the very top. And by not charging the tracks as much, it's easier for the tracks to make money to be able to promote more, to get more fans there, to get more sponsors because they can say, Look how many fans we had. Look how many racers we had. But when you charge them a shit ton of money right out of the gate, they're pinching every penny they can just to make the event happen alone and hoping that they get their money back or make enough money that everyone expenses are covered and they're able to do it again next year, right? And make a little bit of money so that it makes it worth it. But until the top, the the head honcho decides that I'm all in for this series and making it grow and I'm willing to give a break here and, and not make as much money initially, but hopefully it'll come back in return until that happens. You're never going to see what it used to be back then. Well, there you hear it, ladies and gentlemen, you can't be too greedy and you need good looking girls to promote your product. Speaking of uh speaking of good looking girls, what's this uh bullshit Valentine's post I saw yesterday? 
Oh, he called it bullshit. I know. I figured it was coming. I thought it was going to come way sooner than that. Right when you mentioned KGB, he's like, oh, shit, I'm next. Yeah, I figured it was coming right after that. I was going to... I had a different comment somewhere along the line. I'm like, you know what? I might as well just hold on to it because I know it's coming right back. I know it's coming. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, but guess what? When you want to go out, you let me know and I'll be there. (laughs) (laughs) That's all that matters, right? That's all that matters. At the end of the day, as as long as your homies are there, what else is it? It's it's the time where you're like, hey, you want to go out? And it's like, Nah, so and so doesn't want me to. It's like, well, okay, see you later then. <laughs> I'll, I'll be there. He's like, I won't I'll be, be there. there. Don't you worry. He's like, just I was gonna drop say, that pen. Man, this guy, this guy got scooped up. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'll be there. I'm yeah. telling you, yeah, I'm telling you, I won't yeah, leave yeah. you. <laughs> oh, that reassurance, no, dude, I promise. I promise. I swear. You, you travel and move all this way. I'll, I'll, I'll be there. <laughs> yep. You you show up at Green Bay or Fox Valley area, you won't have to worry about me being like, nah, sorry, I ain't coming. It's going to be like, hey, you want to go? I'm going out with the boys. So you can come along or not. But I'm going. <laughs> but I'm, yeah, but I'm going. I'm going to be. Yeah, I'm putting my foot down right now. <laughs> hey, but. when you're home. Homies are the ones that are there for you through the thick and thin, whether you have a girlfriend or not. So to blow them off when you do have a girlfriend is not cool. I don't support that. I'm the kind of guy that's like, you know what? When she leaves your ass with half your shit, he's still going to be there. Mm. Amen. Amen. Preach. Any questions? I got one last question. No, just kidding. <laughs> last question. <laughs> oh, you can say last question. Oh, Tito can't? Just Tito can't. No, he's not a last question. He can ask another question, but not a last one. All right. Well, Jeffrey, I need you to ask a question for me then. Oh, what, what is it? <laughs> ask, ask CJ <laughs> yes. that, uh, let's say, hypothetically, right, or uh, potentially, yep. let's say he was he was given the opportunity to race a pro two out uh, in the gas series at the, at the King of hammers, would he be able to do that? Or is there a, a sponsor contractual obligation where he's not allowed to race uh, in, in a pro two? ask him that. Okay. CJ. Okay. Go Jeffrey. <laughs> Potentially. No, <laughs> you heard it. I'm not going to repeat that. <laughs> no, I didn't hear it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, if, Come on, Jeffrey. If you could, <laughs> last question. That last, <laughs> last question, CJ. If you could potentially, hypothetically, race a pro two without any conflict in sponsorship, would you? Out in the gas. Did you guys hear that echo? In the gas. The hammers. I, I did say that. <clears throat> oh, you did. I did not <laughs> you know, you did it. Let's answer the fucking yeah, question. I, <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely would. Uh, I'm, I'm down. I don't know so, who's outrun, but it, it would depend on obviously multiple things. I, I can't go race a truck that says Red Bull on the side or anything like that. But um, outside of a couple sponsors, yeah, I, I'm ready to get down. 
What if what if Spaccarelli was like, oh, I'm sick. Oh, my tummy hurts. Crazy Joe Greaves, can you erase this Pro 2 for me? Would you be able to do that? Absolutely. That was my old truck, little you know. That, that's why I asked. <laughs> <laughs> I figured I figured there was like a, a 70 30 chance that you actually knew that or not. <laughs> that truck was my very first Pro 2. Which I, is crazy. I remember... Both of my Pro 2s were there. Who, the so other who was one, the other one? I know it's Spaccarelli. Who was the other one then? Um, what is the? Oh, now I'm gonna draw a blank. It was number thirteen. He didn't race the main. He practiced. Uh, oh, okay. That. Uh, hang on. Ben. Give me, ben give me Just kidding. His, his <laughs> sister's a drifter. They're the drifter family. Well, it sounds made up. <laughs> no, no, no. You'll know. You'll know when I uh Sorensen. Sorensen. Amanda okay. Amanda Sorensen and her brother Brandon Sorensen. Brandon's been running at the gas race, but apparently Amanda was supposed to race it at a couple of them too. And I don't know. The two of them, the brother and sister, they have it out. Mm. So it was mm-hmm. there, but it only ran practice. Then I don't know what happened. Well, all right. Well, I am, I'm out of, Jeffrey and I are out of questions. Um, Lyle, <laughs> good. Yep. All righty, Mr. Crazy Joe Greaves, dude, we appreciate your time and uh, your knowledge, your wisdom, your preaching and uh, all your words that uh, will get us through the day. You say, aho, miigwech, for, uh, joining us. <laughs> Got all resi. Yeah, I know, right? The accent changed and everything. Uh, I was like, what's going on here? I don't know what that means or anything, but uh, I'll take it and uh, love you guys. Hopefully, we can party soon. And now I'm going to go work. All right, brother. brother. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you guys. See you later. Damn, you got all. Yeah, councilman, dude, what, real quick. Yeah. He's like, I appreciate the words, the wisdom, and, and I love you. <laughs> yeah, I love you. Just well, want to have a good day. I want to yeah. give you that health, strength, and life. To continue <laughs> oh, this band. day. <laughs> one band, one sound. Yeah. One band, one sound. He's good. I should have known that he was going to, the podcast was going to be a little longer. But man, it's just so in, like insightful. Like oh, hours? dude, it is. It is. Yeah, we're right around two hours. All right, so we'll probably have to wrap this bad boy up. Huh? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. But he is insightful on it everything. Is. You know, like you don't hear that from a lot of people. And I think that's why everybody likes him on the podcast. Like, like no matter how many times we have him, people always want more. Yeah. You know, it's like like he's gonna tell you because he's he has been in the sport for a long time, so he's gonna tell you what he thinks and what. If it's not good, he's gonna tell you it's not good. Yeah, and I'm surprised we haven't gotten like asked questions, or if he got asked questions about like what he says on our podcast. I'm sure he does. I'm sure someone gives. I'm sure somebody gives him a hard time. But or like if the series is like, hey, CJ, please don't say that. <laughs> Stop saying your payout suck, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, we get it, we know. Yeah. <laughs> don't gotta remind us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Thanks uh, for reminding us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's tough out here. Yeah. <laughs> but all right. Um, I guess before we go, though, I do actually want to uh, give a little—I wouldn't say a shout out, but. Um, just because we, we, we had mentioned Doug Matag and, and, um, actually I wouldn't mind having him on next week, but I guess we'll kind of see how things go. Uh, actually 
a friend of his, unfortunately, is going through a pretty rough time. His name's Joe Clark. Um, unfortunately, he has uh, cancer. And uh, they're, they're doing everything they can to try and uh, get rid of it. Joe was there for Doug uh, through like his pro light days and even into his pro two days. And I noticed that Joe wasn't there uh, last year and the year before. And it just, I get, I, I thought that maybe he was sick, but I didn't want to say anything, uh, bring it up. But um, yeah, so they have a uh, GoFundMe for Joe uh, to help fight cancer. Uh, his, the goal is at a hundred thousand dollars. They are at $62,000. Uh, as of two hours ago. So if you'd like to go and donate to help contribute uh, to help Joe fight cancer, uh, please go to Doug Mateg's Instagram page. Uh, the link is in his bio for the uh, GoFundMe. Um, any little bit helps. I mean, even if they get to their goal of a hundred thousand uh, GoFundMe does take a por- portion of that. Uh, so even if they go over, that'd be super ideal. Everything that can go back uh, to helping Joe uh, fight cancer. And as I'm sure a lot of us have dealt with it is, not that cool of a thing to have. So um, yeah, any, any little bit helps guys. And I uh, just want to appreciate everybody then that does uh, donate uh, for our friend, Joe, great guy. And, and we, I, I want him around. So mm-hmm. um, that's all I got to say on that boys. Got anything else? Uh, no, I am good. We're going okay. a great way to end the podcast. I mean, all right, guys. Yeah. It's uh, two hours. <laughs> uh, thank you for being here. I know it's been a lot. Um, we'll uh, try to be back next week. Hopefully we can get a couple of yahoos on, uh, talk a little more about maybe Snowcross, you know, off season, uh, short course, stuff like that. So thank you all for listening. Thank you all for tuning in. We love you guys. And now uh, we will see you later. Bye. Love you. Bye. Love you. you. <laughs> this is how legends are made.